Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show which talks to Christian leaders about the topics that really matter. I'm Andy Peck. This week on the Leadership File we're revisiting the topic of discipleship. Many churches include discipleship as part of their aims, though expressed in various ways. But what about the community dimension of discipleship? This week I welcome back to the Leadership File Steve Campbell. Steve's the pastor of Cambridge Community Church, also known as C3. Welcome back to the Leadership File, Steve. It's seen some years. It has. Thanks for having me back again. Um, so remind us of your journey to being involved in, in C3. You're from the Wirral originally? I am, yes. Um, uh, we've been here in Cambridge now for 21 years this, this coming April. Um, we were pastoring a church in the Wirral in uh, Birkenhead. Uh, we were born and bred in the Wirral and we went away to Bible College and then went back to the church there um, to lead it as an assistant pastor and then I took over as a senior pastor. But we were just uh, nearly eight years pastoring, and then we moved here. We were, were part of a wider network in those days, and we were asked to consider uh, some places in the UK. And we felt God called us very clearly from the world to Cambridge. And we knew it was for the, the long haul, although we didn't know it would be 21 years plus, but it, it has been, and it's been a great Time. always have challenges, enough challenges to know there's a devil, but enough blessing to know God's with us. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, describe um, C3 for us. Um, C3, uh, it depends who I'm talking to, I guess, of, of how I describe it, but um, as this is a leadership file, and I guess I'm speaking to people who would be theologically informed, um, I'd say we are evangelical charismatic um, by that I mean we have a very high view of Scripture and believe in the dynamic, active power and presence of, of the Spirit. So Word and Spirit together is very much part of our, our, our DNA. We think uh, they belong together, they shouldn't be pulled apart. Um, I guess people would describe us as well as contemporary, that's deliberate. We, we seek to be contemporary in our, our corporate worship expression. Uh, we don't think any one way is the only way, but that's the way we've we've chosen. Um, and although we're charismatic, I think we seek to try and avoid what we would consider might be uh, extremes in that. Right. Um, I think there are healthy tensions we try to hold, like uh, we want to be a community, but we also want to be a church that reaches to the wider community, that we're here for uh, the benefit of the community. So we're very involved in social action or, or community action in the city uh, and beyond and we're um we're church of all age groups as well we're, we're multi-generational on purpose we're not just one age demographic or, or socioeconomic group we we are from right across the board and that makes for a a wide fun and varied church uh, and you have an array of ministries how are these developed uh slowly I suppose is the best way to describe that. Um, I'd say we've been here 20, 21 years, so it hasn't happened overnight. I, I think in our early days, and I, I see this with many others, we we probably tried to do too much too soon and ended up a little bit burnt out and had to pull back on things. So uh, we have a bit of a, a mantra these days that goes along the lines of no minister, no ministry. Right. So, so it, although we see lots of needs... If we haven't got the resources 
in people or or even in finances, then we don't automatically think, oh, we should do this, shouldn't we? We try and avoid the word should uh, as much as we can. Um, so we look at the needs, we see how we can best fulfill it, then we ask, have we got people that can fit that? Does it fit with our vision and values? If it does, then we should get on and do it. But the when question is always important. So if no minister, no ministry will wait. Mm. Um, what we have done a lot of, and, and we're keen on this, is joining with others, not always starting our own, um, because why reinvent the wheel? So if there's something mm. out there that we think we should connect with, like a CAP or food bank, those, those kind of initiatives, mm. we've sought to partner with them. And others we've created that are bespoke to C3. Mm. Um, so partnership's important ministers are important that we have in place um, and not going too fast. Yeah. Maybe there's some things we shouldn't do and so we're not afraid to say mm -hmm. that. So when you, you use the word ministers you're, you're talking sometimes volunteers, sometimes part-time, oh, yeah. sometimes full-time? Yeah, I, when I say ministers I, I don't mean uh, professionals mm. that, that are paid to do it. Um, we, we are strong in believing all people are called, all people are gifted, everyone's got mm -hmm. an area where they're gifted, and so we will look for someone who's gifted, whether they're on staff or not on staff. And did you um, did you find that, that, that people come to you with ideas, or do you have, is it typically you you see a, a niche and a need, and you're praying for people to, to be raised up? Um, it, it's not an either-or, it's mm. definitely both. Mm. Um, Sometimes we will have oversight from the church. We've seen something that, that is a gap we need to fill, or because of our connections, someone will approach us. Uh, we're well known in, in the city now, so I mean, just recently someone approached us from a, a national ministry and they, they came to us first to ask, Do we want to do this in the city? Um, as it happened, we probably think not, but we'll pass them on to someone who might want to do that. Right, right. So it's definitely both ways. People come to us or, or from a leadership, we'll see something and say, we need to do that, and we know the person uh, that can be involved. Yeah. Now, we were due to be involved in a conference together when, when you were ill and unable to come. Uh, so I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say on this key topic of the kind of community dimension of discipleship. So um, first of all, how do you how do you want to define dis 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 discipleship? Uh, it's It's... A lot of people use the language in different ways. And what kind of changes have you made in your thinking maybe over the years? Yeah, I was really sorry I couldn't be at that conference or those days. I think it's an important conversation to be had about discipleship because a lot of discussion about it in different places. So I think for me, and this may sound very obvious when it comes to defining discipleship, but we must be clear who we are making disciples of. Um, we have a mandate to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And I say that because uh, some of the discipleship I saw in the past has had more to do with the cloning of, of individuals to become like uh, key personalities than it was to do with devotion to Christ-likeness. And I guess for me, how I define discipleship, and, and I, I know there are different definitions you can hear, but for me it's becoming more like Jesus. So I use a phrase regularly in the church about our goal, which is to populate planet Earth with people like Jesus Christ. I think that's what we're here for. Um, and my emphasis on that day, if I could have been there, was, was all about the importance of discipleship 
within community because I think that was the way Jesus did it. Um, when he gave the, what we call the Great Commission, we call it for us in Matthew there, he gave it to a group, not to an individual. Uh, it was to a, a corporate group of disciples. So I think the Great Commission was given to them, not just to an individual. And one of my major shifts over the years has been to move away from discipleship as an individualistic event because I think we've uh, over-privatized privatized our relationship with Jesus. I, I came at the end uh, of a movement that talked about all the time, who is discipling you? And I, I've grown to dislike that language of one individual. Uh, it's too narrow, it's too restrictive. It locked people in unhealthily. And I think discipleship works best in a context of community. Right. Um, and that community being the local church, small groups, uh, a mixture of uh, intentional communities, or um, how, how would you kind of narrow that down? Um, I'm a local church fan, hmm. <laughs> if I can say that. I think when I look at some of the uh, discipleship movements, if I can describe them in that way that are out there, or, or the emphasis on discipleship these days, it seems like there's, there's, there's two streams. One is people that say Let, let's talk about discipleship and the church isn't really important is it? it's all about discipleship uh, i think they've missed it there but the other states that you can't really separate disciple making from the local church and that's that's where i firmly sit that's that's the way to form in my view fully fledged fully devoted followers of jesus in living breathing vibrant communities called the church mm-hmm. And and have you got any thoughts on why uh, discipleship has has classically be seen as a as a solitary activity? Um, any thoughts particularly? Yeah, I, I mean my my emphasis here in our conversation obviously is is community, but I wouldn't want the pendulum to swing so far over that you say it's all about community because there is a, an individual response as well. You know, if you, Jesus called the disciples, but they had to respond to the call as individuals and then entered into community. So I think one of the reasons it's been privatized is that there is an individual aspect. You know, uh, we, we, I might talk about this later, but we um, did a survey in the church uh, through Willow Creek called Reveal, and one of the things we looked at was the importance of people being on a continuum to Christ-likeness but very important in that process are personal spiritual practices. So I think we can't throw out the personal by talking about the corporate, that both belong together. Um, and I think the emphasis was in the past, the pendulum just swung more towards individualism because that's the context of 21st century and 20th century living. We, we got very individualistic. It was all about me and my personal destiny. And I think the pendulum swung too far that way. And it's got to come back to, to some kind of right balance. Well, you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Steve Campbell. Steve is the pastor of Cambridge Community Church, also known as C3. We'll be back just after this. And welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Steve Campbell. Steve's the pastor of uh, C3, Cambridge Community Church. Uh, we're talking particularly about discipleship and the community dimension uh, of discipleship uh, in this uh, show. Um, so describe the, how the kind of 
discipleship functions in in community at, uh, at C3, Steve? Um, discipleship functions. Uh, maybe that's I'll, the I'll wrong. Maybe it's the wrong kind of question. Yeah, no, I'll, yeah. that's a good question. I'll, I'll do my best, but I'm a little nervous because I think although intentional discipleship must take place. Mm. I'm also aware that some of it happens by um, spiritual osmosis. Indeed, no, no, in sure, way. sure, you sure, know, understood. J- just by being around people, it can happen. Mm. Um, I think the first thing uh, is we think the community often is something that is um, found, whereas I think community is, is rarely found community is something that's formed um, and so I think to tell people that it's going to be easy is, is, is selling them something that's not true uh, community is formed and it takes hard work but the benefits are eternal um, the question I've, I've often been asked in, in 21st century fast paced 24-7 on the go Cambridge, Britain is why is it so hard to form community uh, and I think the answer partly to that is because we live in a fast place 24-7 on the go uh, uh, society and, and, and that means you may have to slow things down in order for meaningful interaction and community to take place and that's not easy in our world but if we don't we won't make meaningful relationships you can't form meaningful relationships and have community without time and effort. Um, I think that's the first thing. I think, I think it's James Emery White who talks about um, relational stages. So he says you, you, you're always, usually you start where you're attracted to someone, something you like about them, but you'll get to know them and then you get disappointed inevitably uh, because we all disappoint people. And that's usually as far as we go. We usually pull back then, whereas he, his advice is no, I think I think he calls it a tunnel of chaos you have to go to the next level of acceptance, which leads ultimately to appreciation, which eventually leads to intimacy. Uh, and I think it's particularly in that intimacy zone where discipleship functions. But that takes time, vulnerability, uh, honesty, speaking the truth in love, commitments, uh, and an intentionality to keep Christ at the center of the relationships and willingness to accept one another, even with all our foibles. You know, it's the old phrase of extra grace required people. We've all got them, but we shouldn't perhaps run away from them because they're part of the process to help develop us. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't take away the importance of personal engagement in the process, but it does take time and effort and commitment. Yeah. Um, some, some churches have a kind of small group network based around homes. Some have a kind of mentoring, coaching kind of network lots of one-on-one work which I, th- I suspect from what you've said you might be a little bit uh, le- less keen on um, uh, have you got a, a kind of network of things that you plug people into yeah um, and interestingly I mentioned reveal um, one of the discoveries we had in doing the reveal program which is to help people in their discipleship continuum to, to Christ likeness was that some of the one-on-one was actually missing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, though I'm cautious of it, we discovered we needed uh, what you might call mentors in there to help people that were stuck at certain levels. Yeah. So 
all that you just mentioned, we actually do have. We, we have a small group uh, system in the church, which is primarily geographical, but not exclusively. Um, some of them are, are, are around ages or, or around function. And we really encourage people to get involved in, in small groups or connect groups, as we call them, ASAP. Um, and then we have this mentoring program that runs alongside. What, what we did was we sent one of our pastors or two of our pastors to go and get trained in running mentoring programs, and we've trialed it for a year. Most things we do here at C3, we now say, let's trial it, yeah. see how it works. And, and we've just gone through our first trial, and the reports back are, for those who've gone through the mentoring program, it's been very helpful. Um, but above all of that, the way we've found people get involved in community, whether that's small group, serving, mentoring, the number one factor we've found is that people have been asked to get involved. And the other way around, when people say, why aren't you involved in community? It's usually nobody asked me. So we're, we're, we're manic. I, I met someone yesterday, uh, just been coming to the church for about oh, six weeks, and I said, are you in a connect group? And they said, no, but so many people keep saying to us are you in a connect group we really feel we must get in a connect group and, and that pleased me because i thought it, it's working yeah and the optimal size of those kind of groups 12 to 15 yeah uh, there might be more on the books hmm. as in you might go to 20 yeah. but regular attendance is somewhere in the region of 12 to 15 yeah, yeah. um we, we'd find often we got a lot of young families you don't always get one out of the other so hmm. That's the kind of size we're looking at. And, and you, um, they all use the same resources, or you vary yeah. from group to group? We, we give some flexibility, mm. but we provide resources every week. So we want these small groups, the connect groups, to primarily follow the teaching programs that we're doing on Sunday. Okay, yeah. we, we've tried all kinds, but we've found that's enabled people to get a bit more vulnerable, mm. uh, delve a little bit deeper. So... Whoever is the preacher, uh, we have a preaching team, we provide on Sunday outline notes and they have small group, connect group notes with questions and prayer items connected to them. Um, there are some times where we'll say, open season, here's some packages you might want to use, you don't have to follow Sundays. There may be other times where we say, everyone needs to follow this series on a Sunday uh, and we ring the changes. but. As most of our series are, are no longer than six weeks, uh, we'll run a series, have a gap where, where small groups can do whatever they wish in, in those few weeks and then go back to another series. Right. And w we found that's a joined-up approach for us. So it's not disconnecting Sunday uh, when the whole church gathers from when there are connect groups around in the regions. So um, just give me an idea of kind of numbers and, t and a percentage that might be in connect groups. I realise that may be tricky for you to guess, but... Um... Yeah, no, we, what, what we do is we have um, connect group leaders that are overseen by regional leaders. So okay. we, we try to have a good reporting system. Um, and the last that I heard, we were just over 50% of people who right. come on Sundays in, in connect groups regularly. Mm. Um, we'd like it to be higher. It doesn't mean that the other 50% aren't connected in some area of mm. church life, that there's not a connect group. They may be serving in a ministry. They may be serving in a, a social yeah. action yeah. area. So they're very well connected in, 
but they're not necessarily going to a small sure. group. And that's the, the the total number that would be attending on a Sunday would be? Um, we're running at just over 500, around about right. the 550 mark yeah, on a yeah. Sunday. Yeah, I, have, I think the average is around about 50%. If you're getting 50%, you're doing very well kind of thing, is, is what many churches would say in terms of small groups. But uh, um, but you're obviously you know looking looking for more. Uh, and, and Steve, are the books and resources that have been a particular benefit in your kind of journey of thinking in discipleship? Yeah, um, I mentioned the Reveal survey mm-hmm. um, that comes from Willow Creek. Yep. We, we really found that helpful. Yeah. Um, we actually had a, a consultant that came in afterwards to help us decipher all our results and that was just really useful for us to mm. focus and we're going to go back and do the reveal again but it meant we could very uh, on, a, on, on a very accurate uh, reporting process look at different areas where there was perceived weakness in the church mm. one of them was mentoring one of them was personal spiritual practices actually so although um, as I say, community is important. We do realize you have to devote yourself to discipleship and not just be done by, for you in a corporate context. So, so we've been doing, we did teaching on that. We provided resources on that. So that was that was really helpful for us, and we'll do it again and see if we've improved 18 months in. Um, books that I've really enjoyed is Dallas Willard, yes, uh, The Divine Conspiracy, The Greater Mission, mm. uh, Spirit of the Disciplines. He, he really helped me uh, in some of his thinking that God is not opposed to effort, but he is opposed to earning. Yeah. Uh, and so we don't want to take away uh, that, that people may, need to make an effort, but it doesn't earn the love of God anymore. It just helps them in their own growth and development. Mm. Um, John Ortberg, who um, I think describes himself as, as, as uh, Dallas Willard for dummies. Yes. Uh, I, uh, I like his writing, and he is very insightful. And his preaching, I listen to his preaching a lot. Um, an old, old book which was very helpful to me in my early days was The Master Plan of Evangelism by Robert Coleman uh, I, I still love that book and go back to it so, those a, kind of resources No, thank you very much so that's uh, Dallas Willard's um, The Divine Conspiracy and uh, The Greater Mission and yeah. Spirit of the Disciplines John Altberg's uh, books um, The Life You've Always Wanted I think is one of his books yeah. on discipleship isn't it? and um, The Master Plan of Evangelism by what was the name again? Robert Coleman. So, um, if one, one of Altberg's books, which I really enjoyed, was that everybody's normal till you get to know them. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Great title, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic, Steve. Well, it's been it's terrific to chat with you, and um, thank you so much. Sad, sad I didn't hear you uh, live on that occasion, but uh, thank yeah. you for what you've shared on this on this occasion. And um, thank you. Uh, if if I mean, some will be listening in the Cambridge area. So, uh, some details about your church, the the website. Yeah, um, name of the church is Cambridge Community Church, as you, as you say, everyone knows it as C3. Our website is uh, www.c3.org, that is C-T-H-R-E-E. Uh, you'll see all the resources on there, um, and the Twitter and all that, you can look out and follow us, and Facebook pages, which are all on the website, so that's the best way. Or if you want to ring the office, it's Cambridge 01223 That's wonderful, Steve. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for listening to uh, this, this talk about uh, community dimension of discipleship and I pray that it may uh, assist and encourage you as you seek to uh, enable your church to make sure that we actually make disciples uh, as Jesus commands us to. So thank you, Steve. 
thank you. Uh, and thank you for listening. Do join us again next Sunday at 3.30. Do uh, go to Premier's website and uh, go to the Leadership File and listen to download archive recordings, including this one, in due course. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.